0: Nothing. And here goes nothing. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 5, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And they thankfully said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. Currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the one-time relative of one of the heartthrobs. The Kingpin,
2: Brian Malonus. Here we are, Mike. Uh, just moments after Extreme Rules. This is like this is like almost as live as the wrestling podcast about nothing is ever going to get. It's after eleven o'clock on Sunday night. This is going to drop on Monday. So this is like we're like big time podcasters now. I think we've taken like that next step, Mike, in the evolution of of uh, our podcast, the wrestling podcast about nothing. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and I'm tired. Um, yeah, so we're we're out there, Brian.
2: Loving every minute of it.
0: Exactly. This is uh, our first weekly episodic, uh, the first weekly episodic uh, podcast in the history of BDA Radio. Will
2: we become the longest <laughs> weekly running episodic uh, podcast in in history? I sure
0: hope so. But we're gonna we're gonna make a go of it right here, starting. Today and every Monday from now on out. This podcast, as I said, will be available every Monday on iTunes, Podbean, and BDARadio.com. Now, we ask you, please do something for the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on iTunes and just take a couple minutes and write us a five-star review. Five, that's the maximum, right? Five! King Kong Bundy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Five stars. Give us five stars. It really gets the podcast out there, helps us grow, gets more eyes on us and more ears, if we're being honest. So, just.
2: You're pretty easy on the eyes, though, Mike.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You too. You're not so bad yourself. So, do us a personal favor. Please press pause right now on this podcast. Go make sure you're subscribed to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, and then rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Okay, as Brian mentioned, this is the uh, post-Extreme Rules edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, so we're going to get all the news and uh, our thoughts on the matches from Extreme Rules. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? The Breakdance Awards. Here's what I'm going to put in the uh, the laugh track. It's going to be great.
2: <laughs> I hope so because I'm not laughing.
0: Oh, come on, this is. I'm going to. St- I'm sticking with this. I'm sticking with this. It's going to work. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> the break. Okay, I said the Breakdance Awards, right? Well, Brian's got more moves than breaking two electric brogaloo. That's not what this is all about. BDA Radio means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. On the internet, they don't break news; they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to bda.radio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. That is bda.radio.com. All right, so let's get into Extreme Rules. The biggest news, of course, coming out of the show is the return. Of Seth Rollins, the
2: architect, right? Uh, the architect of the Shield, yes. There you indeed. go.
0: And uh, he made his return and uh, gave a pedigree to the man who retained his title tonight.
2: Not, not. He's not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He is the guy, Michael
0: Roman Reigns. Yes, he. Uh, so Seth Rollins uh, ran in after Roman Reigns defeated AJ Styles, and which is uh, what was a. Uh, Pretty, pretty damn pretty, good match. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they killed each other. It was uh, very entertaining. Uh, lots of back and forth. Um, lots of plunder. Yeah, I, I thought there'd be maybe some sort of... I, I mean, you knew Gallows and Anderson and the Usos were going to get involved. I thought there would be some sort of um, swerve in there other than then just both of them coming in, beating the hell out of the guy you'd expect them to. I, thought, I, I don't know. I thought there'd be a dip or something there. But obviously the big, the big uh, swerve was Seth Rollins' return... After the match, so um but no, a very good, very good match, uh very entertained by it, and those guys they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna be awfully sore in the morning, so you were calling
0: for a shield reunion earlier in the night I
2: was that was my that was my official prediction uh if you read the uh dirt sheets like uh our good <coughs> friend Michael does uh. It, w- it was kind of reported that seth rollins was indeed backstage so that was my uh prediction was the the return of the shield perhaps uh an, an effort to uh you know get roman reigns uh to be likable uh but well apparently you friggin- they're going you with rollins and reigns feud so you
0: freaking blew it <laughs> so yeah seth rollins came back uh huge baby face pop uh as probably expected,
2: and Roman Reigns. Uh, Especially with that crowd. I mean, they're in Jersey, New York area. I mean, that's always kind of a hardcore crowd. They knew they knew nobody was going to like Roman Reigns right? going into it. Uh, hey, but, you know, the crowd, you know, they're passionate about this guy. That's what makes a superstar, Mike. You know, nobody's sitting on their hands. Nobody's indifferent to him. Whether well, you
0: like him or you don't like him, they're very passionate about him.
2: I do enjoy. <laughs> I do enjoy so much. Um, the efforts of wwe to explain the the venom <laughs> towards uh roman reigns after wrestlemania Yeah, much like yeah that yeah night the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the night at wrestlemania it it's was. a
0: topsy-turvy world it's a crazy there. crowd here tonight <laughs> it's a <so>. bizarro world <laughs> <laughs>
2: i mean I, 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 it's actually i mean i don't know, maybe it's maybe it's done tongue-in-cheek at this point, because you obviously know what they're trying to do. Um, I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't really understand why people hate. I mean, Roman Reigns come, does come across a little forced at times. Um, I think with his promos and everything. But if I was, I was like a ten year old kid, I'd freaking love Roman Reigns. I, I mean, think the
0: ten year old kids will do love Roman yeah, Reigns. Kick, kick, why wouldn't you? He
2: kicks ass, you right? Just but
0: <laughs> I think the thing was that with how he got over was being the strong silent type, uh, like. Rollins kind of handled the majority of the promos and Ambrose and Reigns, probably because they didn't trust him at the time, didn't say very much and just came in and was the silent killer. And once they decided he's a top guy, they decided... He has to talk, and he has to talk for a long time, and he has to make nursery rhymes while he does so.
2: so <laughs> Shane's suffering suck attack. Yes. <laughs> so,
0: and that I think that's what kind of killed the mystique about him, just having him talk and do the John Cena, you know, The Rock kind of, ha ha, comedy yeah.
2: uh, rather than just letting him be himself. I mean, I think I think it just it just comes across as forced and not genuine and and neither one of us know Roman Reigns. I've, I've never crossed paths with him. I've never even booked a, on a WWE TV that he was on. Right. I've literally never crossed paths with the guy so I don't know what his true personality is but it doesn't seem like this is some sort of extension of his personality because it does not come across believable in any way, shape or form. Um, but hey, maybe they'll freaking embrace the crowd booing him and, and see where it goes. I think, but people have been waiting
0: that for a very long time, and it doesn't seem like it's happening. Maybe once all of these these stars that are hurt come back, maybe they'll feel a little more comfortable to perhaps go in that direction and do a full heel turn. But it seems at this time that they're just very reluctant to do so.
2: Well, do you? Th- I mean, do you think? I mean, R- Rollins returned tonight. Big babyface uh, reaction. Uh, they're feuding. I mean, do you, do you think Seth Rollins could be quote unquote? The guy, as WWE likes to talk about. As a babyface? Yeah.
0: Um, probably. It just it just seems to me like he will be second fiddle to Reigns, no matter what. It just seems like they're just... Even though they don't... It's very strange to me, the booking, that they don't do Reigns any favors with first AJ coming out of WrestleMania. They know yeah that Rain's was be- that was
2: bizarre when not the when that it was on raw they had the match uh you know for the number one contendership and Jericho was involved in it and they did like the the promo segment with jericho and reigns earlier in the night. I actually was sitting there thinking to myself like oh this is actually this is very smart put him with jericho crowd freaking hates jericho like right. you know but then the then AJ Styles kind of wanted it out of won it out of nowhere. Um, so it was after the losing th- at WrestleMania, by <laughs> the way, <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a strange choice. I mean, I, I, the two matches that the, these guys had on pay per view were off the charts, f- yeah. phenomenal. Uh, shall we
0: say? I see uh, what you did there. Huh? They don't want none. They don't. They don't want none.
2: <laughs> they really have, and I think I think for AJ Styles, I obviously proved that he is a, a main event guy in WWE. I think uh, right. I think even the casual, you know, casual no uh, casual is wrong, but the the fan. Um, you know who maybe wasn't so familiar with him, I think is now embraced AJ Styles. Um, I think his merchandise sales are pretty good if you read the you know stuff online, and um, so I think he's a guy who's probably going to stay in or around the main events.
0: So yeah, um, that's the biggest news, Seth Rollins coming out of uh, last night, and the second biggest news I'd say was probably. Um, Dana Brooke helping Charlotte uh, in the women's match.
2: Yeah, she was. uh, (laughs) I don't know what was going on there. I don't. uh, The the look uh, Charlotte had a couple times a look on her face, uh, and at one point uh, Dana Brooke went to raise Charlotte's arm, and Charlotte kind of like pulled her arm away and like kind of told her, "No, we got to face towards the entrance or whatever." And uh, a couple faces as she was doing the strut, and I don't know. You know, I guess sometimes you don't know it. Is this story? Is this uh, whatever? But Dana Brooke, I thought, was all sorts of uh, awkward during that segment.
0: Yeah, it was uh, It was a little... I, I feel bad for Emma that she's uh, kind of on the shelf right now. She uh, has a back injury, and she's had surgery. She's going to be out for a while, so I guess they figured... They brought Dana Brooke up, and uh, apparently she has some admirers in the... Uh, in the uh, office, so
2: which well, a great. I mean, she's a great look. I mean, right. she's, like the bodybuilding type, and you know, she's she's obviously very attractive, like every you know woman that they have. So um, there's something to be said there, but I, I just wonder, is she ready for you know, is she, prime time? Yeah. She ready for her close up?
0: Yes, because if we go back to episode two, you were, uh, yes, yeah, so we talked about rather Dana rather critical of of her in the uh, NXT show that we yeah. saw live.
2: Right, I mean she they, they you know, she worked with uh in a tag match and Bailey on the other side and I thought she was kind of exposed in that match a lot, you know. Um I, I mean I, I guess we could like, we should have done some research, but I I don't know mm-hmm. how long Dana Brooks been wrestling, but I don't think it's been very long. No. Um so I I mean to me that's asking a lot of anybody to so early in their career all of a sudden be on TV on a regular basis.
0: I would say it's definitely less than two years. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. That's what I was going to say. I I
2: was thinking like a year and a half or so. So I mean, I can't imagine you know anybody a year and a half, even if you're trained by WWE, all of a sudden you're on TV, and that's that's a lot to ask of somebody.
0: Yeah, it's kind of curious. Like even though there is that synergy between NXT and WWE, it's kind of curious the the people they they push in NXT. At the top, and then the ones that get called up to WWE, there's like, it seems to be like a disconnect there. You know, you got your your Finn Balor's, your Samoa Joe's at the top in NXT, but the guys they bring up are you know your Baron Corbin's, your Dana Brooks, your Apollo Cruz. It, it's just it seems like there's like a disconnect there. And
2: where the hell is Sasha Banks? I don't know. There have been
0: some rumors about about her i'm not sure i i I mean obviously even though we are longtime close personal friends yes. of, of sasha banks we cannot confirm any of these rumors but i mean the one thing we can't say and that is known is that she has been on tv for a little while um people say that she they just took her off tv because there was this other program going on and so there's nothing really for her to do but who knows well, i guess we'll continue to watch and see.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, hopefully she gets back on TV soon. And, uh, I mean, certainly it wasn't due to a lack of crowd reaction or anything like that. So it just makes you always wonder when something like this happens. And I don't know anything or have any inkling or anything like that. But where's Sasha Banks?
0: <laughs> I know. Bring back Sasha. So let's talk match the night. What do you th- What do you think of match the night?
2: It's got to be the four-way. The yeah. four-way. I mean, th- I think the, the buildup to this, you know, the whole buildup for – the intercontinental title the last couple you know month or so month and a half has been has been excellent i think um you know and, the, and this match was was great they put you know the miz goes over and the crowd groans but it was awesome i think that right. they oh i see what you did there yeah i didn't there? even do it intentionally i'm t- too tired to even do it intentionally <laughs> but um yeah i mean jesus those guys killed it um just very entertaining lots of great false finishes um a lot of multiple man spots yeah, I mean yeah, they really um they really pulled it out and kind of like, you know, the old IWC <laughs> or whatever, you know, with love, in, in love with, you know, Cesaro and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn all from the Ring of Honor. And then they kinda throw the ultimate, you know, creation of the WWE machine, the Miz in there with them. So it's kind of a cool dynamic and um yeah, WWE definitely does love a good a good old F U do throw it in your face. Yeah. So I did I you know uh, I enjoyed that The Miz did uh, retain the Intercontinental Championship, but that match was awesome.
0: Yeah, and they, ke- they kept the uh, the storyline going with Owens and Zayn. They were kind of interacting with each other and kind of almost forgot about what was going on in the ring, and then the, the pin occurred. So that storyline has been you know, threaded through NXT. Uh, well, way b- even before NXT, Ring of Honor into NXT, and now WWE, and that that has legs, I think, and that's going to pay off down the line. But it was a good little bump in the road in their story, but it's not definitely not the end of their story.
2: Right. I mean, I actually I actually thought that that the Intercontinental Title was going to end up on on Sami Zayn coming out of this. Um, you know, so it was a bit surprised at the Miz. The misery re- retained. But yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And that's a good thing, I think. Right.
0: Let's, uh, okay. Let's start let's, from the let's top. Let's yada,
2: yada, yada a bit here, Mike. Huh? Let's
0: start from the top. You had Corbin and Ziggler. And, uh, you know, it was a good match. That was the pre show match before 8 o'clock. Uh, and they, uh, there was, that was a notice qualification match.
2: Right. Yeah. Right, and the the, uh, the nut shot uh, Leading into the finish, there does Baron Corbin not feel like a guy who needs a manager, like a mouthpiece of some sort? Like if this were, you know, nineteen eighty-seven, like Bobby Heenan would would totally be managing Baron Corbin. I feel like
0: I could definitely see uh, Paul Heyman uh, being the
2: mouthpiece.
0: Yeah, that's. I just feel. Like, I feel like he's
2: missing something. I feel like I mean, he looks. He looks. He looks the part. I mean, he looks like a monster, and. Um, you know, I, I I think in the ring he's he's fine. I mean, he kicks ass. Um right. You know, it just feels like there's something. I don't know, just something missing there.
0: Yeah, the. Uh, so yeah, Corbin went over after the nut shot with the uh, the end of days, if you will. Uh, the pay per view started. I just, I start
2: naming my moves, Mike. I'm starting to realize this. All these like Corbin has like a name for. Like everything, you, it,
0: do you have like two or three moves that are called the swing vote, right? Yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah,
2: and then uh, you know, or, or modified swing votes or uh, <laughs> whatever. Various. Things. I guess they start coming up with cool names for all my moves.
0: All right, we'll we'll have to work on that. Maybe maybe some can you uh, can tweet.
2: Oh yeah, hey, tweet at Prime Malonis. Have you got some? Uh, if you've seen any of my moves, I got like three of them. So come up with a name for them.
0: Get on the Twitter. Uh, all right, the pay- the pay per view uh, proper started with the. Uh, Gallos and Anderson against the Usos, Tornado Rules. It was a good opener. Um, yada, yada, yada. The club went over. Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then it was the U.S. title match, uh, Kalisto and Rusev. Um, no stipulation in this one. Um, it's it kind of weird. Before the match started, they showed these various announced teams. From around the globe, the, the the announced staff is is growing by leaps and bounds in WWE. They had <laughs> they had three at ringside. I think they had the U.S. the, um, the Germans, the, the American, the Spanish, and the Germans, I think. And then they went to the Portuguese. The um, who else they had there? Funaki. Yeah, they had the Japanese, uh, Russian. I'm like I'm thinking, how long is it gonna take for someone to go through the Russian announced table? <laughs> they just work their way into the back. And by the way, these, these, uh, w- they were not ringside. They were kind of on like the second level, kind of backaways. Someday someone's going to find their way way back up there. And
2: WWE is expanding their, uh, their traveling, uh, roster of, uh, you know, talent that they bring everywhere. And, uh, kind of weird that they would bring all these announcers to, uh, to all these tapings or whatever. When, uh, but hey. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and
0: they did. Uh, I I thought maybe uh AJ and Roman would end up up there. They were all over the place. They were up in the um, the uh, the pre-show set uh doing a couple things, and I thought they were gonna make their way up there. But uh, I guess we'll say that of Mania, right? Give it time, Michael. Exactly. So uh, that match, the uh oh, the big move was the apron bump where uh, Rusev uh slammed Kalisto from the top rope to the apron. And uh, of course, Michael Cole was talking, he landed straight on his spine. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted about this. Apparently, yeah. you know, uh, Michael Cole tends to forget that people have muscles and and skin. It's always like to the spine, just bone, and, Michael. Yeah, to the skull and all the stuff. Yeah.
2: So uh, I think the, I think the right call there, uh, Rusev. I mean, hopefully building Rusev again. Hopefully, um, you know, some of the rumors you see. Uh yeah,
0: there's a, a tweet that you uh, pointed out, right?
2: Yeah, w- w- talking about uh, John Cena returns on Memorial Day. Perhaps they'll rekindle that feud, and I really hope not. I think Rusev is a guy who has a ton of potential, and uh, I don't think there's any need to re- to revisit. John Cena and Rusev, and Cena beating Rusev for the U.S. title again. I mean, we just saw that last year. Let the freaking guy build some momentum. You know, he's a beast, and I think with a, with a ton of potential. Uh, I, I did like the, you know, the, um, you know, the referee. They were concerned of injury for Kalisto, but Rusev showing no mercy and just stomping on his spine and um, and then bending him in half. Uh,
0: with the accolade. With the
2: accolade, yes, humbling him, if you will.
0: Indeed. So uh, from there, we went to the New Day and the VOD villains, and, and this was this is different because Kofi, Kofi Kingston, uh, you're a longtime close personal friend and uh,
2: confidant. Sent him packing right out of Chaotic Wrestling. You, you sure did. You, He's never you, returned.
0: You were his uh, only defeat in, uh, in Chaotic Wrestling.
2: Pretty awesome. I think I'm pretty awesome.
0: I'm just figure I'd let you know. And let hey, the way through
2: know. from Caddick Wrestling to WWE for a while was through through the Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is true. Uh, so Kofi actually sat this one out, and uh, and Xavier Woods made his uh, made his way into the ring to tag with uh, Big E, and they're against the VOD villains uh, Gotch and English. And it's very strange. Uh, I wrote here. In um, my notes, you see, I had an old style, old fashioned notepad. Uh, Brian was giving me some uh, some heck for you're having. Not,
2: you're, not, you're not very green, Mike.
0: No, no, uh, yeah, I uh, wasted. Hey, I'll, I will recycle this. Okay, I will recycle it. But uh, Byron Byron Saxon spent a bunch of time during this match trying to sell the fact that the Vaudevillains Villains believe they're from a forgotten era. Like <laughs> these guys really think they're from the the '30s or whatever. It's like, uh, it's it's a very hard sell. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I think, I I don't know. I mean, I I a lot of people have loved the Vaude The first time, like a couple times, I've seen, I saw it on NXT. Like, oh, that's kind of cool or whatever. But uh, I don't know. Where the hell do you go with it? Yeah. I mean, where the hell do you go with it? I feel like the well, where the hell WWE is going to go with it is probably right back to NXT. I'm thinking. Yeah, the shelf
0: life seems pretty limited for the Vaude unfortunately. Um, I, I feel like
2: uh, during the match, Biggie did his patented. Uh, suicide dive, spear, I feel like he's, like, bound and determined to just annihilate himself with that, because it looked like he did injure his well, shoulder tonight. He,
0: or he did, yeah, he did come up, uh, he grabbed his uh, forearm slash elbow right away and was selling it in the ring. I mean, I don't know if was selling it or if it was legitimately injured, but uh, in the ring after the match, kind of holding it close to his side and not really... Uh, moving it so i mean we'll have to keep our eye on that because we're uh moments after the pay-per-view so we don't have any news from uh from our backstage sources
2: that's right no, i'll get kofi kingston on the phone mike right I'll now give him a call.
0: Go, hey, dial him up right now let's let's get this all
2: figured out i don't know if he'll answer
0: yeah it's it's late it's late he's probably asleep by now
2: i'm sure i'm sure taking a call from me would be a priority right now
0: <laughs> so yeah so uh the finish for that one was Xavier Woods hit a shining wizard after Kofi uh, slyly kicked uh, one of the vaudevillains in the head from the apron. So uh
2: looked like there was some trouble in paradise. There you
0: go. That's very nice. I like that. <laughs> All right. So from there, we went to the Intercontinental match, and that was the uh, we we've spoken about that a little bit. Uh, they had a lot of uh, trading of finishes back and forth, ending with a skull crushing finale, which was a. Uh, A nice uh, false, because everyone uh, they were the last two in the ring, and one, two, kick out, and everyone kind of bought that one. Um, So, I mean, let's move on from the four-way. We kind of talked about that in the beginning. Let's go on to Ambrose and Jericho and the Asylum Cage match.
2: What a tough, tough situation for for Ambrose and Jericho. It was a weird... The match just had a weird vibe to it. It was... Yeah, the... Ill conceived, maybe a, a little bit. I mean, the guys, the, I mean, these two guys freaking tore each other apart and killed their bodies and busted out the thumbtacks, which shocked me because yeah. you just don't see the thumbtacks in PG, WWE era. Um, so, I mean, kudos to those two. I mean, two, uh, you know, just awesome performers in WWE who laid it all on the line, but you kind of feel bad for them and that maybe the match was a bit ill Conceived and
0: right. I, I was I was live tweeting. And I was trying to come up with a live tweet uh, referencing the Kendall from Hell match. But I mean, I think that's maybe not quite a. Uh, it, it's not quite. You, you, you it wasn't to like, that. Level. Yeah, yeah. But it was so, more so, awkward, I think,
2: than bad. Yeah, I was
0: trying to like say something about you know dogs having sex at ringside but that's (laughs) 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 it yeah it's it wasn't to that level but yeah i had those passing thoughts in my head just about a a match that maybe just didn't have i don't know the the concept behind it was a little iffy and the spot they're in after that amazing four-way match didn't
2: help either no i mean the crowd i mean crowd had just seen an excellent wrestling match and then yeah, I mean, I mean, they got up obviously for the thumb tacks and at the end, and uh, they did a great job, I thought, of teasing the thumb tacks over and over again. I didn't think there was any way in hell Jericho was going to be the one to go into the. Thumb oh, you didn't think so? No, I really thought I thought it was going to be Ambrose. He had the t shirt on still. Like, I just thought it was going to be Ambrose because I mean, Austin, I mean, Dean Ambrose did that sort of stuff on the Independence before coming to WWE. I mean, thumb tacks was probably some of the milder things he did before coming to WWE. If anybody's out there is familiar with you know his work you know prior to that but um but yeah i mean just i think i think awkward awkward is the word that describes that match for me it was an awkward match and it was a little awkward because you
0: know we were here at uh at the Malonis, uh compound uh watching the show and uh you know this is where this is the match where we lost the playboy uh <laughs> If we're going on the Playboy rating scale, this is this is the <laughs> <laughs> this is the match where uh, he checked out. <laughs> <Like> Physically, emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so the uh, there was a snore heard around the world when. Uh,
2: oh boy, you're gonna get lots of heat. I yeah. didn't say it.
0: All right. So that's uh, that's that was too bad. But anyway. Um, yeah so let's move on to when we talked a little bit about the women's match that was kind of it was almost the uh you know when um
2: it felt like when, the old it honestly felt like the old days of
0: the death spot i was i was thinking yeah. i was trying to say something about like you know when booking chaotic that's that was the the traditional women's match spot, right?
2: It gives, I mean, that's what WWE's always done yeah, too. It's right just before the main thr- event, it's like a throwaway match, and it felt like again, it, it kind of felt like the old days of of uh, WWE, treating treating the woman, just throwing them in that right before the main event spot to cool the crowd down, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So the I don't know if we actually talked about it, but Dana, Dana Brooke uh, distract came out dressed as Ric Flair in a Ric Flair robe with a terrible wig and turned around and. I, we thought it was going to be Charles Robinson. Robinson. That's yeah. who I thought. But uh, it was Dana Brooke, and and she just dis- this is this is a new one. She was Natalia was distracted into submission. She was distracted <laughs> by Dana Brooke and ended up in uh, in the, the figure, figure eight. eight. And uh, she um, she tapped out. So uh, and anyway, we were all. Charlotte, I was
2: very concerned that we weren't going to see the the Ric Flair shuffle that he does with that. Uh, to charlotte's music but we were treated oh we saw it it's we saw
0: it in then some we saw it uh <laughs> we and we saw it, a, a tribute from dana brooke many oh. times over
2: terrible <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, i mean and, and again the main event uh roman reigns went over he uh the actual finish was a uh, aj went for the phenomenal phenomenal forearm it was speared out of the air uh, for the uh for the one two three but there was so many like there were Two table spots, uh, a backdrop into a table, and a
2: spear through the uh, through the barricade that was yeah. missed. Uh, uh, phenomenal forum off the Extreme Rules pre-show, you know, set. Uh, just lots of lots of big big spots in this one. Um, I mean, I think overall this pay-per-view was not as good as Payback. I thought Payback was overall a much better pay-per-view. These ones are tough. With where everything's a gimmick and right. Um, I would love to see it go away, and I'd I'd be willing to bet half the roster there would probably love to see it go away, too, because it really just feels forced gimmick matches just for the sake of, all right, well, we have this pay-per-view that's Extreme Rules, so we have to do these gimmick matches rather than uh, something naturally evolving. Everything has to be accelerated at a, you know... Two hundred miles an hour, you know, from payback to Extreme Rules to get into a gimmick match.
0: Well, so I think a good thing coming out of these last two pay per views is that they, you know, the roster's been depleted, and they're pushing new people. And I think it's overall it's been a success. You can't really measure that in terms of pay per view buys anymore. In terms of how much of a how much of a success it is dollar wise but it just seems like i mean the great matches great shows it seems like it's a a good direction and i, and I hope with these guys starting to come back like Seth Rollins did last night that we're uh we're not going to go back into the the same old same old. i hope we continue to evolve in this direction with the new era of uh WWE
2: yeah i mean it's very similar i think to that that early 90s new generation uh it almost has that same kind of vibe i guess uh you know, when the Hogan Savage Piper era was sort of ending, and then it was the Shawn Michaels Diesel Bret Hart kind of transition, and WWE branded it the new era, and uh, or excuse me, the new generation, and now right. we've got the new era. So um, let's bring back some billionaire Ted skits. You can say. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we just you know uh, send John Cena or something over to TNA and uh, let them make fun of him. So uh,
0: okay. Let's do. Let's move on here. Let's move on. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on up. Uh, okay, so BDA Radio. Tweet us at BDA underscore radio. Use the hashtag PDA for BDA, and we'll mention you on the podcast. If you don't want to tweet BDA underscore radio, tweet us directly. I'm at CrocSox. He is at Brian Malonis. So you can use the hashtag leave a comment ask us a question or just uh tell us that we're doing a wonderful job and you can't wait to listen to us every single monday there you go use the hashtag pda for bda on twitter thank you very much now let's get into the promo about nothing this one was uh found in the archives by one kingpin brian malonis yes uh It is from the AWA, the uh, American Wrestling Association, uh, circa 1989. Um, There was a fellow by the name of Yukon John Nord, and he he was introducing the world to... Actually, I I don't think he was introducing the world to to Scott Norton, but he was uh, introducing a new facet to Scott Norton's character. New name. Yes. So let's uh, take a listen to this promo from...
1: 1989. Yukon John Nord, his partner Scott Norton, and I'll tell you what, Yukon, you made quick work on a big jump. All right, listen up. My partner, Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. We was up in the Yukon, we got up early one morning, and we was chopping trees and chopping wood and Big Scott had got to the lumber shack before us. And everybody knows what lumberjacks eat. They eat a lot of pancakes. And the lumberjacks, we all rolled in, and Big Scott had got there about 20 minutes before us. And we walked in, and Big Scott was sitting back in the big chair, with the knife, and the fork, sitting there as big as life. Turns out, he ate 298 pancakes. 298 pancakes? That's right, five more than the world record. Well, I tell you what, his new name that the Lumberjacks gave him up in the Yukon is Flapjack Norton! And I'll tell you why. Because he can eat any any more pancakes than any man alive. And he's one of the toughest men alive. Tell him, Flapjack! You got it, brother. Don't let the name scare you or fool you, baby. Because this is the biggest, strongest tag team going today. And just because my name is Flapjack, which I got from my friends up in the number camp, doesn't mean I'm going to sit down for anybody. And we're coming at a baby, stronger, bigger, than meaner, than life. And, uh, and listen up. Hangman, we heard you been saying some things, and we want you to know one thing. We, we don't care, care, and, and we, we ain't, ain't scared. scared. We don't care, and we ain't scared. We don't and, care, and, and we, we ain't scared. Oh. <laughs> All right, you heard from him, Flapjack, Norton, UConn, John, and you'll see UConn John next week, Team Challenge Series action against Hangman Killer. Stick around. We're coming back right after this.
0: So UConn John Nord, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's no wonder that when he made his way to the WWF a couple years later that uh, they gave him a manager, Mr. Fuji,
2: and refused to let him speak. Hey, Mike, I heard you've been saying stuff. <laughs> why? Why not? Let me. Why not three hundred pancakes? Why two ninety eight? Because if you, if you ate two hundred and ninety eight pancakes, Mike, wouldn't you just squeeze two down, two more down, so you could get the three hundred?
0: Well, because he already got five more than the world record. I mean, why? What's the difference? you're that
2: close to three hundred.
0: Is this an OCD thing for you? I think so, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I
2: just—it's—it's it's a nice round number. Plus, it's—it th- sounds a hell of a lot better than two hundred ninety-eight, three hundred.
0: So, uh, no one, never has anyone distanced themselves from a from a name <laughs> more than Scott Norton. If you if you listen to this, like, uh, this uh, a name- seconds
2: after. <laughs> yes.
0: Don't let the name fool you. This is the name that the lumberjacks gave me. He, he seems very tentative about this. Uh, this flapjack deal.
2: They even screwed up their catchphrase at the end. This this promo was absolutely fantastic. So much it, goodness. How
0: does it go? We ain't fair and we ain't scared. Was S-
2: sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't see? even remember it now. Oh come they, on! They screwed it up four times while they were doing it. How do you expect me to remember it?
0: I don't know. Uh, so let's let's. That was a, a job well done, Brian Malone. Thank you. Finding that one for us. So let's move on to the other big news in the world of wrestling. Um, Cody Rhodes over the weekend, I believe it was Saturday morning.
2: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of broke. Um, yeah, probably Saturday. I think it was. Yeah,
0: sometime during the day Saturday. Um, Cody Rhodes sent out a tweet say, saying something in the uh, in the lines of "I've asked for my release from WWE. I will, I will have more at a later date. Thank you very much." And just kind of floated that out there um, with no fanfare whatsoever and it was a little curious i i wasn't sure if perhaps it was some sort of angle i mean i wasn't sure they you know because right. you never know i mean you never he's know known they're... to do some stuff like this on twitter and kind of goof around but as it turns out uh sunday just before the uh, the pay-per-view went on the air he sent out a uh, a a quite a lengthy um note about the whole situation and um so Cody Rhodes is did officially get his release over the weekend from WWE. And, and what do you think about what he had to say in well, that note? The
2: timing of it, WWE announcing it, was amazing because it was pretty much right before the pay-per-view was going on air. So trying to, I think, bury it uh, a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he, boy, he did not pull any punches. If you read his statement, uh, uh, go on his, uh, I guess it's his personal Twitter uh it's, it's a, at at Prince CGR yes. um uh, but boy he, he even taken his shots at uh the head writers of Raw and SmackDown um i mean it says one's trying to be Brian Gerwitz and the others too busy chasing uh or hitting on divas, developmental divas yeah. uh so definitely uh Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah definitely pulled no punches obviously uh very upset um it's kind of been an interesting time in WWE recently. But you got the the Cody no Cody Rhodes news breaking kind of over this weekend, and the Ryback stuff from a few weeks back. Uh, the release of eight superstars mixed in, including Damian Sandow and Wade Barrett. Uh, you know who you? Who I think a lot of people would consider you know out of that group, probably the two most prominent right. uh, prominent releases. Uh, but definitely just an interesting, tumultuous kind of couple of weeks here for WWE. There definitely seems to be some sort of unrest on uh, the kind of the undercard because Wade Barrett, before he was released, it had leaked that he had asked for his release or informed them that, you know, he wouldn't be renewing his contract. Renewing his yeah. contract. Um, yeah, so definitely some unrest, it would seem, on the undercard of of uh, in WWE right now.
0: Yeah, that's just in it like you said it's a tumultuous time in WWE. I think it's a uh it's kind of uncharted territory overall in the world of wrestling because these guys that get their releases, I mean for the past few years now it seems like they they can basically have the right to print money uh taking these independent bookings. They at least in the beginning the one the ones that uh, are smart, they can get a uh, a ton of bookings they can book up their weekends for you know a year solid um coming off uh, wwe tv and i mean some of them burn out and some of them continue to to get work but it's it's a good uh i mean i I don't want to say money grab but it's a good uh opportunity for them to pick up some cash and uh cash in literally on their names
2: some of these guys i mean you don't know what their backgrounds are or whatnot but i mean it might be some of these guys might be all they really have um i don't necessarily think that's the case for cody rhodes although i do think cody rhodes is going to do very well for himself outside of wwe i think he's i think i think either going to japan or ring of honor or something like that i think cody rhodes is going to be a guy I, i i picture this for cody rhodes he goes away for two to three years uh, does very well outside of WWE, and then ultimately ends up back there. I think that's yeah. I. I'm convinced he'll end up back, but much like Wade Barrett. To Wade Barrett's another guy who I, who I think will take a couple of years off from WWE and end up back with WWE at some point. Oh, I think it might take a little
0: longer than that, especially with the the scathing nature of uh, Cody's.
2: Uh, I mean, you're talking about a company. I mean, Bret Hart came back, The Ultimate Warrior came back. I many, mean, took, many those years. Took, the many those years took are between years you know. and years and years and years. Yeah. But I mean. The one thing is Vince McMahon the WWE, they aren't fools. If they think they can make money with somebody, they'll, they'll make it work. Right. Um, you know, th- they'll make it work. If, if there's money to be made, Vince McMahon will make it. Uh, I think there's no no question uh, there. Um, I mean, and there might be obviously some bad blood with Cody Rhodes right now, especially with the statements uh, that he put out. Um, but his dad is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, who is – uh you know, as beloved. you saw when he yeah, right, when he passed away, you saw how beloved Dusty Rhodes was uh with WWE. They, you know, erected a statue of him. Um so I I, I mean, I think at some point and I don't think it's going to be a terribly long time. I mean, it'll be a couple of years, a couple three years, I bet. I mean, Cody Rhodes is, what, 30, all of 31 years old. So still very much in the prime of his career. And, uh, I mean, really a guy who's only really wrestled for WWE and in the WWE system. So for him, it's probably going to be a great experience to get out there and go experience something other than WWE for a bit.
0: So what do you think about, uh, I, I guess it's not really a, a mystery that his wife is um – Eden Styles who's who's do, does a lot of ring announcing now I think she I think she handles Smackdown's uh, ring announcing. Do you think that's an, an I would I would assume it's an awkward position to be in or I mean she was there on the show uh, on Extreme Rules. Do you think that there's that she's long for WWE especially after this thing came out from
2: uh, Well this the statement definitely might make it a little awkward for her to go to work uh this evening, or you know, at, you know Sunday night now, uh, you know, at Extreme Rules, and maybe Monday night and Tuesday night might make for a little awkwardness there. Um, sometimes in the past, WWE hasn't handled situations like that in the best, where right, CM uh, Punk
0: and AJ Lee, right, people uh, kind of getting punished
2: mind. a little bit for significant others. Um, you know, I don't know the financial status of uh, the roads, <laughs> you know, that so I don't know, you know but, um, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be awkward. I don't I don't know if she'll last or won't last as the ring announcer. Um I mean, she's not I don't think she's great, I don't think she's bad. I you know, she's just kind of there. Um you know, she doesn't stick out to me one way or the other as a ring announcer. Um but yeah, I mean there's going to be some awkwardness, especially with the two people that he really, cuz I think he had lots of good things to say about Vince McMahon and Triple H just kind of Put over that there was a disagreement on the level of his talent, right? Um, but definitely no shots at Triple H or Vince McMahon. Um, the just the two real ringing shots to me were uh, the lead writers of Raw and SmackDown. Who you know? I'm actually not positive who that is at this point.
0: Right. Yeah. Me neither. But yeah, it's definitely I don't know something to think about, especially. And, and what do you think? You think Goldust sticks around, and because at one point there's the rumor that. They w- they walked yeah, out. Yeah, there was of that a thing that floated.
2: They got they walked out of last Tuesday. I think it was last Tuesday's SmackDown taping. That was like the rumor that they that they walked out of there. I haven't heard anything else about Gold Dust. Um But I think he. I mean he his
0: destiny. Not his destiny, but he he. I think he's destined to be some sort of talent development, some sort of uh, trainer. He had done that for uh, for quite a while on the main roster, where he was.
2: Right, I mean, he's been fi- I mean, since Cody's been there, he's probably been hired and fired three times. So, <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily think Cody's status impacts Goldust's status, unless there really is just some, you right. know, more more personal animosity uh, than we realize that that than that's come to light yet. But I mean, it's different points in their lives and careers too. Goldust could go work the independent scene and make some money, but he's not going to make what he made. he's making in WWE, I'm sure of it. And it's not like Goldust all of a sudden would pop up in a Ring of Honor or a New Japan or or yeah. something on those lines where Cody's young enough in the prime of his career, uh, could, I think, work that style very easily um, based on what you've seen in the ring of him. Um, so I, I, I think – I'm guessing Gold. I'm, and again, this is just a complete guess because – you know, you know what we know at this point. That's just what you, we see online.
0: No, you get your insiders. Come on.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'll save those for uh, for a rainy day. Those uh, <laughs> calling in those favors. Uh-huh. So let's go
0: back to Ryback. You you mentioned him as one of the uh, guys that had a sort of a uh, contentious relationship with uh, management. He his his little statement that he released. This is like a, a thing now at WWE guys with Ryback, with Adam Rose, with Cody Rhodes. They they released these statements that I think back in the day something like this would just get you Oh you'd be blackfired fired. Yeah. Unilaterally just
2: done. And only would you probably get fired by your current company, but you the other company probably wouldn't have hired you either, just out of fear of if you get pissed off, you might do the same to them.
0: Right. So Ryback's kind of the the crux of his argument was that all talent should be paid the same thing because uh, the winners of the matches need the losers, and the losers are just as important as the winners. Uh, what's your your thought on this whole thing?
2: I, I mean, I think he has. I think he has a valid point. Um, I mean, they're determining who. It's not like in like in a professional sport where your performance. Ulti- well, I mean, I guess your performance does, but it's a little more. Your performance in pro wrestling is a little more. It's a little more arbitrary. It's not like in baseball, if a guy goes out and hits 330 home runs, like you look at this guy and say, yeah, this guy is more valuable than the guy that's hitting 240 with 15 home runs, you know? Right. Um, You know, in wrestling, it's very arbitrary. It's very subjective. Uh, Who do you think is good? Who do you think you can push? Um, But he has a point in that to build up the guys on top, you need the guys underneath. And Ryback is a guy who at one point looked like he was going to be a main event guy. Um, I mean what it all comes down to for me is I I and you'll I don't think you'll ever see it happen because the top guys the discrepancy I think uh, Forbes recently uh Published a oh, you're, a list you're quoting of Forbes. Yeah, wow. Forbes covers a lot of wrestling. If you look at bda radio we uh, link up a lot of articles from Forbes. Uh, but they did a like a top earning wrestlers list, and John Cena was a top at eight million, and I think the next was uh, Triple H at like three million, and the Randy Orton at like two million, and you had the R- Roman Reigns and. And uh, oh, is Seth that total, Rollins
0: total earnings with everything total are, earnings yeah that's their merchandise total. And right yeah that's everything and such.
2: Um, so you have those top five or six guys that are all making seven figures and everybody else is kind of making half a million dollars or less it would I mean within the top ten there were guys making like half a million dollars so the discrepancy just from from one to two is double. Like double. Like John Cena makes double what like number two on the list makes, and number two on the list I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was Triple H and he's like also, you know, married to the boss's daughter and heir to the to the the company. Um I'm
0: I'm guessing that 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 only consider is I'm sorry, Brock
2: Brock Lesnar is number two. Okay.
0: Okay, so I was thinking like Triple H that that probably is just his wrestling contract, which is separate from his from his uh, yeah, his John, John
2: Cena made like eight million. I think Brock Lesnar was next at like six and a half million. But still, you're talking about the top two guys are making fourteen million dollars combined, and probably the next however many aren't aren't making, aren't aren't making that. So that that's a problem. And, and granted, those guys are selling the most tickets and 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 drawing the most people in. But compared to even football and 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 baseball, and the, I mean the discrepancy from. The top to even like the next tier down is much closer than it is it would seem in wrestling if you're to believe the forbes.com article and Forbes is a pretty reputable source for these sorts of things it's not like this is you know Jim Bob's wrestling rumorscom that that published this you know this is you know a reputable I love that site. <laughs> this is a reputable media outlet that that published it so
0: yeah the the thing that I'm thinking though is it, they are like a, you talk about. A lot of people like to say that the 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 marquee is what sells the the shows. It's the WWE brand name is what draws people in. But if you think like who, if anyone sells tickets to a show or sells pay per view buys, which is like the non-existent right now, but that draws fans and draws attention to shows. I think it's Cena and Brock Lesnar, the two top guys. I, mean, I think Brock,
2: Brock Lesnar more so than. Yeah, than, any, than anybody at this point
0: because it's rarer. So I mean, th- I guess maybe there is an argument to be made that that these guys get more money because they get more attention.
2: But I mean, I think part of Ryback's argument too is they get more opportunity, and you know, that's well, those guys are all well and well and grand atop, but they also need dance partners, uh, you know, to work with as well, and the outcomes are predetermined and. Yeah, the people writing the checks are the ones saying who wins and who loses.
0: Yeah, and, and Ryback, like you said, did kind of get a raw deal. He was kind of like he, he's kinda of in the same situation, I mean, ironically as Goldberg, where Goldberg was had this winning streak and he was gangbusters and everyone loved him, and then they did this one crazy, weird fluke loss and kind of lost him forever. And that's kind of what happened with Ryback. You remember the I think it was the Hell in the Cell with uh, CM Punk, where CM Punk was going on that that epic title reign as as WWE champion, and Ryback was undefeated. So I think someone got hurt or something like that. So they they needed a challenger for CM Punk, and they had Ryback step up, and that was his first prominent role. So and people were kind of intrigued by this because you know one of these things is going to end either either this title reign or. Ryback's streak and it kind of got attention, and then they did this goofy finish with uh Brad Maddox, the the heel referee did a fast count, and and it kind of took Ryback down a few notches, and oh right. they never put himself into a corner. I right, mean,
2: they had to, they had to do, had to do something. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, it, was, it sucks because he's had, I mean, definitely had momentum a couple of times, and then has had, you know, the proverbial, uh, you know, cold water poured on him, uh, you know, numerous times. So, I mean, you feel from a bit, uh, I think the solution, obviously, to it all would be a union. Uh, Major League Baseball is a union. Uh, The Screen Actors Guild, you know, so actors have a union. Uh, All the major professional sports leagues. Pro Wrestling doesn't have a union. These guys don't have a union. These guys don't really have benefits. Um, They're classified as independent contractors, even though... Uh, knowing what I do now about, about kind of those kind of laws, I, I don't know how WWE gets away with it. And um, people
0: have challenged it, and I think Raven, I think sued WWE, and it's it still stands up. Apparently, right. in court. I mean,
2: independent contractor is basically you're in business for yourself, and you choose what you want to do. Right, exactly, and, and that's <laughs> not the way WWE is at all because they tell you where you're gonna be, when you're gonna be there, how you're gonna be dressed, what you're gonna do, like, um, so the. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there is a lot of gray area when it comes to those types of laws. But I mean, to me, the fact that these guys aren't employees seems so bizarre to me. And uh, it would take a top guy like a John Cena, a Brock Lesnar, an Undertaker. But I mean, if you're already making that type of money, you know,
0: who cares about the little guy? <laughs> well, are
2: you gonna rock? Are you gonna rock the boat? Are you gonna, you know, if you got a cash cow, are you gonna, you know, it's, um, you know. You'd like to live in the land of make-believe like Bernie Sanders supporters <laughs> live in, um, but it's not the way the world works. Uh, the right. guy on top who's making $8 million doesn't want to give up $2 million to give to the bottom guys who are making a quarter of a million dollars, uh, even though they're working the same schedule, maybe working more.
0: Yeah, so uh, Cody Rhodes is gone. Yeah. Uh, Ryback still employed currently, but uh, he little postscript on this. He uh, tweeted tonight, uh, I think, just before the pay per view, saying, "Like, who wants to see me in the Impact Zone?" So, <laughs> I don't think uh, Ryback is very has much faith in the fact that he will be
2: back in the WWE
0: ring again. But you never know.
2: Playing on the string, if you will, from his couch.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll have to keep our eye on that as well. And uh, so let's move on to the nothing happenings. Brian Malonis, you are yes. going across this great nation of ours on the highways and byways. You are applying your trade as a professional wrestler all over the place, and you have dates for us.
2: I do. I do. And uh, probably this might be a little breaking news. I got word today that uh, this will officially be announced uh, the same day that this prod- podcast drops. So I'm going to go ahead and drop the news right no, here. No, no, no. I'm going to do it, Mike. You I'm serious? Gonna do it. I'm going to drop... <laughs> I'm going to drop the news right here. Wow. Uh, The Kingpin is coming to da-da-da-da-da, Beyond Wrestling. Are you kidding me? That's right. Yeah, I mean, a shock of all shocks, I never placed that. uh, I certainly was very interested in in working because of what they do and the product they put out and the publicity they get. It's a wonderful place to, you know, to work, and they're doing great things. And, um, you know, I know a friend of ours, Brian Fury, has talked about the incredible things that – uh being part of beyond wrestling has done for him so i'm i'm thrilled to be a part of it uh jt dunn uh me and him who as you'll hear in a couple minutes have another encounter coming up but he he's been knocking out referees left and right and beyond wrestling so for their big show coming up next sunday uh that's may 29th at aurora providence uh they need a gigantic aptly titled "Gigantic," uh, is the show, and they oh, need okay. a gigantic referee uh, for JT Dunn's match. So you're, well, you're looking at him, but the rest of you are hearing him. Uh, I am coming to Beyond Wrestling, so pretty excited about that one. So uh, I guess,
0: so I guess, you know, since I am on an extended hiatus from the ring, that they went to the uh, second-best option. There you go. They, there you well, go. they heard
2: they, they heard you put it over on the podcast. The you Extended hiatus. So that's Again, that's uh, that's next uh, next Sunday or this coming Sunday, six days uh, from Monday when this podcast drops. But you might be listening later in the week. So it's coming up this Sunday, May 29th, Aurora Providence, Get Beyond your tickets. Wrestling. Yeah, uh, go to Find Beyond Wrestling on Facebook. Get your tickets. Great show! They also have an afternoon show that day. I'm on the night show. It starts at six Mm -hmm. bell time of six p.m. You refuse to do the afternoon show? (laughs) No, the afternoon show looks great too. It's actually a a, a charity show, a benefit show. Uh, It starts at two p.m. Go to Beyond Wrestling's Facebook page. All the details. Uh, Great card: uh, Tommaso Ciampa, JT Dunn, the Hit Squad, all sorts of. Great talent on these shows, so I'm happy to be a part of it. Uh coming up on June the eleventh, I go to the Renegade Wrestling Alliance, uh-huh. Michael. You know. <laughs> Doing your research. In I love it. East Greenwich, Rhode Island, uh, for their big event, their biggest show of the year, Legacy Nine. Uh, i will once again be squaring off with the Juice, pro wrestling savior, J T Dunn. Just can't get
0: away from that guy.
2: I can't, and I'm gonna whoop his ass, Mike. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Watch out for those elbows. Uh, death by elbow, I heard. Yes. Uh, but looking forward to that one as well. Uh, and then June seventeenth, UFO Wrestling benefit show for Children's Hospital. Always a great event. This is in Tewksbury. Uh You know, if you can come out and support any any show that I'm on, please come to this one because uh, it supports a great cause. All the guys there are donating their time. Uh, and working their butts off for a great cause. So please come out, support this wonderful cause. Uh, Again, find them on Facebook. I don't really think they do websites, but it's UFO Boston on Facebook. Check it out, Uh, and that's in Tewksbury at the Elks Lodge on June 17th. June 18th, I return to Top Rope Promotions oh. uh, for a special 1 p.m. bell time afternoon show in New Bedford. Again, look them up on Facebook, Top Rope Promotions. The very next week, Michael, yes, the 24th of June, I right. once again return to Top Rope Promotions wow. at the world-famous PAL Hall in there Fall River. Got. I made my debut there this weekend against Nick Steele. It was great. I'm happy to be a part of Top Rope Promotions. Uh, a promotion that uh probably the longest running uh pro, you know indie wrestling promotion in new england their lineage going back to yankee pro and uh they've been around forever so very excited to be a part of uh top row promotions going forward and i returned to the pal hall on june the 24th so that's uh nothing what's nothing's happening in uh in there's june. lots happening yeah there is there is it's uh it's exciting um, getting new places getting filling up my calendar uh can't announce it yet, but I got a couple more places that I'll be going, maybe Whoa. a couple more dates, maybe some future dates for beyond wrestling Mike Are you how kidding about that? Me. The kingpin is out there and loving every minute of it <laughs>
0: oh wow, and that's great to hear so that is fantastic and we've had our this is our first weekly episodic episode episodic episode yes. of the wrestling podcast about how, nothing
2: How do you feel about it Mike I mean it's like It's midnight, man. It's midnight. We've crossed over. We've, we, this is a two-day podcast now.
0: Wow, I, I got to get home. Holy Toledo. Oh,
2: the old the old, the old, old ball and chain.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, well, hey, you
2: got you know, maybe maybe a big day coming up here soon, you, Mike. You huh? never know. This, I mean, this is basically your bachelor party tonight. There here. you go. I mean, the Playboy uh, was giving you <laughs> lap dances earlier. <laughs> you know, uh, we were looking at some pictures from <laughs> chubbyspeedo.com. <laughs> you know?
0: You're showing <laughs> a little skin. I like this. <laughs> we had some pork loin, you know? <laughs> (laughs) It was uh everything was fantastic. I I appreciate it very much. Uh, so yeah, let's. There's lots going on this week, so let's uh, let's get out of here. Uh, follow at bda underscore radio plus me. You can follow me on Twitter at crocsocks and Brian at Brian Malonis. Use the hashtag PDA for BDA. Get a shout out in an upcoming show. This hashtag is gonna take off. I swear it. There's going to be so much PDA, we're not going to be able to do it with ourselves.
2: You know what I mean? Sure, Mike. I, I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. Uh, you're bound and determined to make this work. Uh, damn it. Maybe I'll start tweeting PDA for BDA, and you can mention me on the podcast, Mike.
0: You already mentioned more than enough. I'm the star of it. Oh, come on now. <laughs> all right. For all your MMA and wrestling talk, Lock it in to BDARadio.com That's the website to remember Our great sponsors They gave us these nice microphones here BDARadio.com Okay, that's it For this week The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing Episode 5 So, for the Kingpin, Brian Malonis This is Mike Crockett And thanks for nothing